0: Welcome to Dairy Stream, focused on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Glad to be back with you as we talk today about the U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award for 2020. One of the recipients of that award is from Rosie Lane Holsteins in Watertown, Wisconsin. And with us today are both Lloyd Halterman and Jordan Matthews. They, along with Lloyd's wife, Daphne, and Tim Strobel, own and operate this wonderful operation that has been honored in many ways, although I know they're really excited about being the 2020 U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award winner. Now, the annual Dairy Sustainability Awards do recognize dairy farms, businesses, and collaborative partnerships for practices that really demonstrate outstanding economic, environmental, and social benefits. They have a long-standing commitment to continuous improvement and a replicable model to inform and inspire others in advancing dairy sustainability leadership. Now, the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy is proud to present the 2020 Dairy Sustainability Award Program, and a special thanks go out to of Valve. Fibro, USDA, Zoetis, and Sugneta for sponsoring this award. As I said, we have the pleasure today to be with Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews for our podcast, and I want to start a little bit with you, Lloyd, and as I said, we could spend... Maybe half this podcast just talking about all the awards you've received over the years. But let's talk specifically about this and sustainability. A lot of people have been using the word sustainability for at least the last 15 to 20 years. But from your farm's philosophy, what is your sustainability message?
1: We start with great people, great cows, great returns. And within that, we never compromise their precious resources of land, water, and air. So we work to not only do a good job utilizing these resources, but actually improving the quality of them through uh, modern day practices like cover crops and reusing water uh, multiple times before it ultimately goes to the field. So a lot of time, I think what separates us, uh, we use these to create food and we often forget about the differences cows can make on on a dairy. And we've taken... The approach to breed a cow's long lactations, reducing our uh, cost to raise a replacement, and older cows give more milk. So that's uh, actually made us more efficient. And we've really focused on feed efficiency because that really brings around the health of the cows. Uh, For 84 months, we have uh, not used any uh, pharmaceuticals in our milking herd. And Jordan can talk about that later, how we do that. But we've been breeding these cows for disease resistance, fertility, lameness resistance, and mastitis resistance.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you certainly should be congratulated. As you mentioned, genetics are important way for your farm to work toward its goal. And actually, you're producing 1.7 pounds of milk for every one pound of feed from the milking herd. And that is much better than the U.S. average, which according to Cornell University is one point five. You talked a little bit about this before, but you know, this trend and other trends, how do you keep up with them and how do you know what you feel will really work for your farm?
1: Well, every month since 2007, we've been uh, utilizing the Cornell Pro Dairy Program where we enter our milk check by component and by price every month, our feed costs and our general herd stuff like reproduction rates and and how many calved and how many days in milk, simple stuff like that. And it, it puts out a very nice report. And every month we look at those numbers and see if we're making progress or not. We started in 2007. We're actually quite impressed with ourselves, so to speak. We had 1.6 1.6 pounds of uh, energy corrected milk per pound of dry matter that the milking herd consumes. Well, we knew we could do better. And by improving, by breeding our cows for more health, we've been able to get more milk per cow, reduce our feed cost per cow, increase feed efficiency, lower our vet cost, improve our repro, and have healthier, longer living cows. That very small investment in looking at different bulls and very, very big return. I'll tell you, I, I, you probably
0: didn't hear me in the background, but I was sitting here giving you a sitting ovation, so congratulations to you and the entire crew, because those are impressive numbers. Again, our guests today are Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews. They're part of the crew that own and operate Rosie Lane Holsteins in Watertown, Wisconsin, the U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award winners for 2020. And I want to get back a little bit to the message, and I know before COVID-19, you actually traveled not only around the state and the country, but around the world. sure your message. What kind of response did you get from farmers in other countries?
1: Well, I think uh, because the quota went down in Europe, well, four years ago, a little bit of culture shock. They have to make money. They have to be more like U.S. dairies. And so they are very open to these messages of widening margins because we all know the milk prices are not going to go up to maybe $25 or $30 anytime in the near future. We don't expect that. So we have to find different ways to create money. And I go in and show them our program, show them what we've bred and the financial results of that, how we've widened our margins, how we reduced our vet cost, increased our production and improved our feeding efficiency. And uh, every hundredth of a point, of feed efficiency is worth $11 a cow a year.
0: Again, very impressive indeed. Uh, Jordan, when we talk about the success of Rosie Lane Holstein's, it is a team effort. And I know that you have, I think, around 20 employees. So from your perspective, I mean, how do you motivate them when it comes to the area of sustainability?
2: I mean, I think a a real simple message uh, that we get across to everyone is with our our vision statement of, of great people, great cows, great returns. So we've talked about the great cows, we can have uh, the best cows in the world, but if we don't have great people working in front of them and working alongside them, we're not going to get that great return. So talking about that real simple message of professional people, you know, great people working amongst our, our great cows and our genetic plan here, we're going to get those rewards and those returns. So that means not only are are we financially going to be viable for, for many years to come, um, you know, we're taking care of that land, that's going to be here to come. We're um, taking care of our, our neighbors and our community. That's going to be here to support us in the future. So, I mean, all those three need to be working together. And that's kind of, you know, how we can explain to, to everyone here on our team how we can be sustainable and how, you know, they're going to be able to have money in their in their checkbook and be able to feed their families and have a roof over their head, et cetera.
0: Well, obviously, everybody does have to be on the same page for this to be successful. So can you share a little bit your protocol so that everyone knows what the team mindset really needs to be?
2: I think on the dairy, a lot of what we're trying to do is is preventative uh, protocols. So behind the scenes, things that that maybe seem m- mundane, but they're going to prevent the disasters and the you know treatments. So to say, it seems like a lot of people are always worried about how are you treating your cows or. Or what are you doing when a cow has mastitis? Well, actually, we're going to put a lot more focus on, you know, let's rake every stall individually every day to make sure that there's no fecal material or, or urine in there. And it's nice dry sand. Let's make sure that every stall is straight in the barn every day. So that when that cow returns from the parlor, she's got a nice flat bed to lay to. In the milk and parlor, every day, um, you know, everyone is accountable. And, and our team members, they can call each other out if, if they're not doing a high-quality job because that's not, you know, good treatment of our cows. And at the end of the day, that affects their paycheck. You know, if, if someone's not doing a high-quality job, we create less milk or poor-quality milk. That affects everyone around them. So, you know, continual training on the very, very basic things. And our goal is to do the basics really, really good. We're not trying to do anything fancy at all here.
0: Again, we're speaking with one of the National U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award winners for 2020. That is Rosie Elaine Holsteins and Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews, nice enough to share us today. And I want to talk beyond the cows. The farm's environmental stewardship really is evident through several examples. And let's start in different areas. I want to start a little bit with energy because I know you made some changes there. What kind of energy focuses have you done, uh, Lloyd, to really
1: save some dollars? We changed all the lighting in all of our barns to LED lights, and we went to variable speed motors where we could. Also, uh, when we built our grain setup, brought in natural gas about a quarter mile from the main pipe instead of uh, having to have LP delivered, all these little things add up to major savings and utilizing more efficiently electric and fuel. Tim does uh, quite a bit of minimum tillage. Uh, we do the least tillage we can to save fuel. One of the things we did was we bought a self-propelled feed mixer that I think is, in general, re- has reduced the number of hours and, and wear and tear on equipment. Now obviously agriculture is a business and you have to make dis- business decisions. So
0: an example of some of the purchases you've made, how do you determine the ROI or the payback
1: on these? Well, I think the feed mixer would be a good example. We replaced four pieces of equipment with one. We not only save some capital costs, but Saving about four man hours of labor every day, and that has a major return. We like to see things return within five years on on $16 milk. It needs to be able to pay for itself, and of course, these projections, a lot of volatility out there, so you have to look at multi year averages, and that's what we use. So we tried to. To stick with things like that grain setup should have a five-year return. It's probably paying for itself faster than that. Sometimes you get the stuff up and it pays for it faster than you expect and other times put something up and it, it maybe was oversold.
0: Let's talk about you know a natural resource we're all concerned about. That is water and I think people would be impressed to know that water on your farm is used three times before it's mixed with cow manure and applied to fields to nourish your alfalfa and corn crops that feed those cows. Can you talk a little bit about that process?
2: So a lot you know, the majority of our, our water is obviously used on the dairy with the cows. Some simple things we do, our plate cooler water, that's reused to shower our cows in the summertime. After the showering, then it's reused in our, our fire hoses up on the on the parlor decks to clean off the, the floor there. And then that's reused to rinse down our, our holding pen. So getting four uses out of that, as well as you know, every boot wash we reuse that water, hand sinks. Very simple areas where, you know, we should be able to get two or three time use. And actually, all all the drinking water on the farm, that's second use water that it goes through our plate cooler to to take some heat off that milk. um, And then it goes out to the cows at a little warmer temperature. So it's a little more drinkable, not just straight cold, cold, cold well water.
0: Once again, some great examples of what are being done on the Rosie Lane Holstein farm. It could be done on yours as well to make you more sustainable. Before we break, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, nutrient management plans and some of the things you're doing out in the field as far as crop
1: rotation, cover crops. Can you go on some details on that a little bit? We do have a three-year cropping plan that Tim develops. Every pound of manure is accounted for and put to where it's going to have the best return under under normal conditions. And, you know, we make major use of cover crops now and that actually provides us, uh, everything goes right. It provides us some additional forages in the spring. And we go in and plant corn on those acres with the minimum of tillage uh, possible. So that everything's planned and if we pick up some additional acres that gives some flexibility on feed inventories we like we like to build inventories and and have enough feed on hand and have additional inventories so that we're always feeding feed that's properly fermented with the proper phs and the right protein contents and and nutrition uh, fibers and etc You're also a big advocate for cover crops, aren't you? Yes, Tim's really been really hitting that hard every acre that we can get seed in the ground on that we we do.
0: Once again, we are spending time with one of the U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award winners for 2020. That is Rosie Lane Holsteins from Watertown. We'll continue our conversation in a matter of moments here on Dairy Stream. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor.
1: During this time, families are baking and cooking more than they ever have before. They are going back to what they know and trust, which includes using dairy products for nutrition and enjoyment. As a result, the sales of fluid milk and dairy products are up. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is deeply grateful for our essential industry, the workforce on our farms and in our dairy plants that continue to produce and deliver safe, quality dairy products to consumers. Thank you to Rosie Lane Holsteins and all the hardworking dairy farmers across Wisconsin who over the past decade have made a commitment to continuous improvement in caring for their land, cows, and communities. Visit WisconsinDairy.org to learn how your dairy checkoff is developing solutions to keep milk flowing from the the farms to processors to consumers.
0: Well, thank you once again for joining us on Dairy Stream. My name is Mike Austin. It's my pleasure today to talk with Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews. They, along with Daphne Holterman and Tim Strobel, are the owners and operators of Rosie Elaine Holstein's in Watertown and are one of the U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award winners for 2020, and I want to talk a little bit before we share the point about sustainability and the message you share with your customers. First of all, getting back to some of the successes and some of the practices you shared earlier, how do you really measure and benchmark your success in opportunities to improve your operation every year?
1: Well, we have several different sets of records. Uh, you know, one of the things it's hard to really get the stuff all in one program, so. On the cow side, we have the AFI system that gives daily milk weights and, and measures milking speeds. So we can put the cows' and milk slowest together and the cows' and milk fastest together and things like that. And we have the Cornell Dairy Program that's kind of a combination of performance metrics and financial metrics, measures the income over feed cost, the feed efficiency, and your your monthly cost and other things that really are, we try to benchmark. Then we have our financial records and we have two sets of those. We have an accrual records. And then of course we have our cash records that are tax. And so between those four things, we're able to get an accurate read all the time, every month, every 30 days, we're going over those numbers, looking for weaknesses, looking where we've maybe reversed course. Uh, either if it's bad and it gets, goes better, we continue that. Or if it's sliding in the wrong direction, we know it right away. And we uh, contact experts at UW-Madison or, or Compere Financial to, to help us straighten it out before it gets too bad. I want to go back just for a couple of months, as we can, to your genetics. And another benefit
0: and something I think that other producers really would like some more information on is the fact that Rosie Lane's genetic program has not used any antibiotics on a smoking herd for more than seven years. You know, veterinarian is rarely called to treat a sick animal. Have you down to that situation? What really got you to say that's the route we want to go?
2: We looked at what we were treating cows for or what you know what what were the highest incidences? And, and a lot of it was mastitis. So we, we went into some culturing, um, for about a year, year and a half, we cultured every mastitis case on the farm and realized there were cases that really treatment wasn't effective on, so to say, um, Klebsiella E. coli is what we saw mostly. And then after working with some professionals up at the university, they told us to, to kind of roll the dice and try something that not, not many people are trying, but, um, really go with therapeutic um, treatments, so more of systemic fluids, IVs of just electrolytes, and let that cow's natural immune system kind of take over and and heal. Whereas previously we were given antibiotics. I think we thought they were doing something, but what the research out of UW was saying is that cow's actually curing herself and, and those antibiotics are not needed. So we took that route. Uh, mastitis was our, our biggest usage of, of antibiotics. So since we've made that change, yeah, it's been over seven years, just haven't, haven't used it. And I would see no reason to go back that way. This is, um, I think far easier. It's we're getting these cows turned around faster by giving them a, a full systemic treatment, not just a, a local to the udder. And I know, you know, Julio, who, who does a lot of these treatments in the barns, he loves it because he sees those cows turned around right away. And, and just mentally for him, it's, it's a, it's a morale booster. So to say, you're not dealing with you know, cows that are maybe a little down and out and sluggish for, for too many days. It's, they they turn around very quick.
0: Well, that really is a great story, and one of the great stories. I know that you're not you know, hesitant to share, and that's how we want to close a little bit, about sharing sustainability with customers. You know, your farm basically hosts an average of you know two tours per week, and that obviously is before COVID-19. But hopefully, you go back to that normal. But you kind of explain your sustainability efforts in layman's term, and every tour ends with cheese from Saputo, where uh, your milk is shipped to. You help connect the dots from farm to fork, and the farm is also hosts hundreds of inter. International visitors during World Dairy Expo and throughout the years. Why such an emphasis on making sure the general public and other producers know exactly what you're doing?
2: It's important to be transparent. You know, when, when someone's at the grocery store buying our products, we don't necessarily know who they are, their background is. So we really always want to have an open door policy so that, you know, anyone that is buying our products is able to come to our, our farm, see what we're doing. And we treat every tour exactly the same. We say, you have to tell us what you you want to know um, when when you get here, and, and we can give you a tour catered to you. Obviously, you know if a dairyman comes, they're going to want to know you know our genetic program, our protocols. Uh, what we're doing in the barn for preventive measures, but someone that's, you know, maybe never seen a cow in their life, they're probably not so interested in that information. They want to know, you know, are we taking care of our animals? You know, what's in those bunkers that that's feed, that's corn, that doesn't look like corn to me. And so we have to be very basic about it. But, you know, as they're driving by our farm every day, I think it's important that they understand that the acres we're running around the community. We want green cover on that, is as many days out of the year as possible, um, that our cows drink the water that's coming from the same aquifer as, as your water. And it's in our best interest for not only us, but our cows, that that water stays clean. We're in it the, for the same reasons as as everyone else. And they're real simple messages that we need to get across. But I think really to, to be able to share those sustainability efforts, we, we need to know who these people are and and, and help them learn
0: Again, we're spending time with Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews, who, along with Daphne Hope Holterman and Tim Struble, are the owners and operators of Rosie Lane Holstein's in Watertown. And we're talking about the fact that they are one of the National U.S. Sustainability Award for 2020. Good people and a good honor. And I want to talk a little bit more about uh, some stats that are out there, including a Nielsen report that says almost half of American consumers say that environmentally friendly products are important when they shop, and one in three say they'll pay more for products that promote conservation. So let's talk about that. How does Rosie Elaine really share that sustainability journey, especially when you're on social media?
2: we've taken to Facebook I think we have over 5,000 followers right now and and it's pretty incredible we try to put up a couple posts a week and, and on our Twitter and and something that maybe seems so so common sense to us uh, so so simple a lot of people just really don't know I think the farmer and the consumer have become so disconnected that just sharing those basics it's amazing how many you know thumbs up we get uh, on Twitter and then you know Daphne will she'll send me emails or texts late at night that will we'll get all these questions maybe something in the barn that that she's not familiar with and and needs my help on but it seems like we get 20 and 30 questions for every picture we post which which shows there's extreme interest in it which again we need to keep doing that if there's interest if we don't get any thumbs up and any questions then it shows you know maybe that's not a quality topic that we're putting up but we need to challenge ourselves on on going back to the basics and sharing that information with with everyone out there.
0: Well, I know Daphne's not with us today because she's probably out there communicating the story of production agriculture some way. But let's get back to engaging the community. We talked social media. We talked a little bit about tours. What are some of the avenues you travel to make sure that the community understands your message and how you're involved with your community?
1: Daphne does a lot of speaking in the the city here. We are members of the Chamber of Commerce, which gives us a whole audience there because in June Dairy Month, we give, I think, five years in a row, the presentation at the local chamber breakfast about about our farm. Uh, We are one mile south of the city limits, so... We are front and center. Us and one other farm that's very well run in the Watertown area border the city of Watertown. And so that makes us better. We we have to be better. We have to show how how dairy farms, how they should be run. We try to stay neat and clean. Then uh, Daphne goes to elderly homes and schools and does a couple presentations every year to several different schools. We have the school kids come out here order our local FFA chapter and sponsor some of the activities they do, maybe pay for their bus or have them out. Uh, we've had cow breeding sessions out here for the FFA classes, things like that. So not only non-farm people, but farm people too. Uh, getting uh, the right people, the message of what we're doing. We're not so bad out here. We're taking really good care of our cows. And we have an open door if you have an open mind. Well said. And again, I'm tired just
0: listening to what you guys do. So it's amazing the energy and the effort you put forward. And again, uh, we appreciate the time that Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews have given us today as we talk to our U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award winners for 2020. I want to close with uh, a stat and then get your input on that. A report came out that products marketed as sustainable have a 17% share of the total market, 50% share of market growth, and delivered 113 percent Forty-nine billion billion in sales just in 2018 across 36 different product categories. So, in closing our conversation, I'd like to hear both of you talk about this. What advice do you have for other farmers about sharing their sustainability efforts?
1: When we go buy a car, we want the safest car with the best fuel mileage. And we want all the creature comforts, right? And we try to determine what the best value is. Why would the consumer's attitude toward food production be any different? They want a high quality product. They want to know that it's produced without polluting water, without doing bad things to the air, or without a lot of soil erosion. We want a safe, nutritious product that's put up in the right way at the right time, delivered fresh to the cheese plant, and then they make cheese out of it. So they're getting a really wholesome product no matter where they buy it. And I I think that we're not unlike the other industries. People are eating food every day and we need to step up and and keep improving a constant improvement model to make sure that they get a nutritious product that's very high quality.
0: And Jordan, anything from your perspective about what benefits you've seen by sharing your
2: sustainability message? I think when we're talking to consumers, definitely, I think they're just unaware that farmers have been sustainable. This this is our livelihood. This is nothing new in, in our vocabulary that for how many years we've we're expected to grow crops, to feed our animals that then, you know, resupply the, those acres. And it's and it's a life cycle. And we wouldn't be here today, you know, Lloyd and Rose Holterman bought the farm back in the early 60s, but we wouldn't be here today if they weren't sustainable for the previous, you know, 50 years. And and we're just going to continue that cycle, get a little better for the next 50 years. But it's really not a new idea to farmers. And I think the consumer thinks it's it's new, you know, it's maybe a new word in their vocabulary, but for us, it's It's been here for how long?
0: Well, once again, both of you, and that's Lloyd Holterman and Jordan Matthews, along with uh, Daphne and Tim, really a prime example of what it means to be an entrepreneur in today's agriculture, and they've been doing it for a long time, and a shiny example of the need and the ability you have of communicating the story of sustainability, not only to other producers, but to the consumer as well, to make them realize what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how it benefits them and their families, and you do an excellent job of that. I want to thank uh, Joanna Guza for helping to produce today's Dairy Stream. Again, we congratulate uh, outstanding producers uh, like uh, Jordan, Tim, Lloyd, and Daphne. And we thank you for sharing some time and to getting these insights and to continue to do what you do each and every day to make all our lives just a little bit better. I'm Mike Austin, and that's your Dairy Stream. Hey, thanks for listening to Dairy Stream. We value your feedback, so let us know what you thought and what you'd like to hear by emailing us at podcast at dairyforward.com.